This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly. <laughs> and I'm Matthew. <laughs> and this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and this is our 400th episode. Yeah, what happened to the pep that I thought I, was going to be in your step? I'm t- Oh, no. This is the second. So usually when Matthew and I record, we record mm-hmm. two episodes in a day. Oh, wow. You're really peeling back the curtain. I am. Um, and is anyway. Is that an expression or did I just make that up? Pulling back. Pull, you're really, really un- unpeeling the orange. <laughs> anyway. Unpeeling? Uh, our first episode today was the taco salad episode, which oh. really took it out of me. Oh, wow. So yeah. So if you're, if you're hearing this episode at all, that means we weren't canceled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least we. We taped another one, right. so it's in the vault. Whether or not it gets oh, used, oh yeah, it might be released like like a lost, you know, lost tapes. Do you remember? So, did you ever listen to when you were a kid? Did you ever listen to Top Forty with Casey Kasem all the time? Well, what was it? Every now and then, he would pull a song that had been like a Top Forty hit, like twenty years earlier. Right. Do you remember? And he would play that, so you could like sort of yeah have a little time warp moment. Like maybe but you want to hear some old music. Did he say like from the vault? Yeah. Yeah, or was like that, that something a different DJ oh, said? I don't know. I, I would listen to Casey Kasem and Rick Dees. They both did it. They had like competing top 40 shows. Oh. And Rick Dees was like a little younger and hipper than Casey Kasem. Oh, yeah. Casey Kasem. There was nothing hip about that. No, that... But, but he was great. His voice was great. I know. What happened to him? He died. Has he been... <laughs> <laughs> Composted? Is that what you're going to say? Is this, is this just how it's going to be from here on out? <laughs> I mean, let's let's hope let's hope yes. Okay, I hope so too. That uh-huh. seems like the like most sustainable way to dispose of human bodies, especially DJs. Yeah. All right, this is our 400th episode. Yep. We might even eventually tell you what the topic is. <laughs> the topic is PB and J. Yes, that's Which peanut butter and Peter, jelly. Bjorn and John. Peanut butter and wow, peanut. This episode is off to a strong start. (laughs) I think so. Uh, Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, sometimes called peanut butter and jam sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Matthew, take me down memory lane. Yeah, this this was suggested by you, I think, right? I'm not sure. I think so. Oh, like you, (laughs) you host Molly. Oh, oh, okay. Um, Maybe that sounds like me. So, 
the kind of jam or jelly that my mom used when making PB&Js for my lunch was honey. Oh, so you were I a peanut was, butter I and honey. I was a peanut butter and honey kid. Okay. And like, I didn't hate PB&J, but I really preferred PB&H, so that's what I would get in my lunch. Okay, and tell me about the peanut butter. What kind of peanut butter was oh, it? Oh, it was definitely like a Jif or a Skippy. Okay. That, that's a good question. Like, I... I don't remember us ever going through like a natural peanut butter phase. I think well, it was. I wondered, like, if for me it was Peter Pan. Yeah, I. I mean, I think it was probably whatever was on sale. Okay, would that be makes my sense. guess. Yeah, I don't know how my mom ever chose Peter Pan. It seems like probably a the name minor brand compared to Skippy or Jif. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely like the the RC Cola. Yeah. Of peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, tell me about the bread. What kind of bread would it be? Okay, it would be, I think, like the exact kind of white bread that I bought today, really? what, which what? is uh, Franz. It wasn't called Franz Big back then. It was just like Franz white bread, mm-hmm. um, and uh, now it's called Franz Big Loaf. Is it? How does it compare to the, what what used to be called Fran, Franz Butter White? Compared to Franz Butter White, it is uh, thinner sliced, softer, and whiter in color. And what happened to the butter white? I believe the butter white. So they now. So the butter white was a was a uh, commercial loaf of bread that Molly and I got really obsessed with for a while. I loved it. So it was so much. good. So the they now have one called Naked White, which is very. It's, I don't think it's exactly the same as butter white, but it's very similar. Wow, naked sounds like the opposite of butter. I don't know. Like it's like naked and buttered. <laughs> That's what I'm after. <laughs> See? Yeah. Now you're back on board. Oh. This this buttery, buttery bread train. Okay, but anyway, crusts on or crusts off? Crusts on. Okay. I never I never had a problem with crusts. Okay. And and did your mom like pack your lunch each day or was this something you would have on the weekends or Yeah, hang on, rewind. I did have a problem with oh, pizza sorry. crusts when I was a kid. I would discard my pizza crust, but bread crusts was fine. Kids make no sense. I know. It was, my mom would pack my lunch and put a peanut butter and honey sandwich in it. Okay. And did you have pretty much that like every day? I feel like for a while at least, yeah, I totally did. Okay. How about you? So I um, I went to a school that, that didn't have a cafeteria. And mm-hmm. so my mom, well, at least up through eighth grade, and my mom would pack my lunch for me. And from what I recall, when I was like a young child, my lunch, like a very young child, like preschooler, my lunch would be like a, like a container of tuna salad or a bologna sandwich. Mm-hmm. But then by the time I was in elementary school and middle school, it was nonstop peanut butter. This was my choice. But there was no jelly and no honey. I oh. didn't like jelly. Okay. Or jam. Is the is the Flaming Lips song about you? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I, God, nobody's ever asked me that before, uh-huh. and it is. You Excellent. figured it out. <laughs> I, hope you're, I hope you're getting residuals on that. Yeah, yeah. I also don't use cheese. Okay. You don't make peanut butter and cheese sandwiches? I don't use any of these. Okay. I'm also the, I'm also Sam. I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so what I was going to say is that I would have just peanut butter. I'm hop on pop. I... <laughs> I'm the pop that gets hopped on. (laughs) I would have peanut butter, just peanut butter on bread every day. And I did it for years. Okay. And it would always be Peter Pan peanut butter. I wanted it spread pretty thickly, but not so thickly that it really like starts to stick to like behind your front teeth. Sure. And it was always on home pride whole wheat bread. Okay. And uh, never had the crusts cut off. 
I just don't think my mom ever offered it. And I think I didn't know that it was a possibility until I saw other people's moms do it. And by this point, I think I was used to eating the crust. Yeah. Teenager of the show Iris, or Totsy for short, uh, did like uncrusted, like crust removed sandwiches as a kid. Would they discard the crust? Or how did you figure out that they wanted crustless sandwiches? Did you offer it or? No, just like from the discarded crusts. Well, so why would you cut the crusts off? Why didn't you just make them like eat everything but the crust? Because I wanted to be a nice dad. I'm hop on pop, remember? <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted the kids to come and hop on me. That doesn't sound right. No. No. Okay. Well, so so what is your I, for me peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are like a really I feel comforted by the thought of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. How do they make you feel? I feel the opposite. Really? So I and it's not because I I dislike peanut butter and jelly. It's just that I f- feel like it was like a sandwich of last resort. Like, like this is something I got stuck eating because, like, that was the thing that they had. Like, I, you know, I associate with like being yes. at a friend's house that I didn't really necessarily want to be at, or like when you were the kid who forgot your lunch at exactly. school and you had to just eat like white bread with peanut butter spread on it, or saltines yeah. with peanut butter. Yeah. I remember that. So yeah, I mean, it, it, like. You know, it's, it's no knock on on PB and J. It's just like mm. that's that's where it tended to show up in my childhood. I feel like I don't know. I I have a very different set of feelings about peanut yeah. butter and jelly. No, I think I I think yours are probably much more it, common than I mine. I find it very comforting, and I find it so like eminently likable. It, it's like um, I've always thought of. California rolls in sushi Mm -hmm. as the peanut butter and jelly of sushi. That makes a lot of sense. Like they're very likable, non-threatening, push a lot of the right buttons, beloved, beloved by everyone. Mm -hmm. And like soft and very chewable. Soft. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, that's totally true. Let, Let me ask you this. Do you have any stereotypes you associate with adults who continue to eat peanut butter and jelly? Do you think of it as just a kid food? No, I don't think of it as just a kid food. I don't eat it a lot now. I only realized this while but, while we were like prepping for this show that I feel like if I heard like one of my coworkers was bringing a PB and J for lunch to the office, I don't work in an office, that that would seem a little juvenile to me somehow. Really? I know it. I like that makes me sad. Food I know. Police Matthew. I know. I'm not usually like this. No, I don't feel this that way the, at all. This is about the one PB&J. thing where I'm putting my foot down. I actually feel like choosing to eat PB and J as a grown up. It is kind of awesome. Like it, I mean, it's frugal. Well, also, it's like, you know, there are so many just sort of um, like chain delis. I, I think of a particular chain of delis that was right outside my office when I worked in downtown Seattle. Mm-hmm. And they were just making these like ordinary sandwiches with like commodity sliced oh, like it was cold that, cuts. Oh, was that chain ordinary sandwiches? It was that chain ordinary sandwiches. Anyway, it was called Reggie's. It was short for regular. But people would would like stand in line there for like just an ordinary cold cut sandwich, which to me, like I always found very puzzling. Yeah. Like you could make this at home or like these ingredients aren't even that good. Like it's not even like anyway uh, for me encountering a person who would either stand in line for that or bring their own peanut butter and jelly. Sure. I think bringing your own peanut butter and jelly seems like pretty like awesome and renegade yeah the other thing i feel like wow i think i'm just gonna be like 
criticizing PB&J throughout this episode. Like, I didn't know it was going to go down like this. I feel like one of them isn't enough food for for a meal for me but, but you have like to have other things too. yeah okay. carrot sticks carrots that's true carrot sticks and pbj go really well together cheese it's yeah okay no this is sounding a lot better but then it is sounding more and more like a kid's lunch yeah but i'm no, cool I, with that yeah i'm cool with that too here's the other thing I i've come have, around in the last four minutes i have a little bit of trouble saying pb and j or peanut butter and jelly because june as a child referred to peanut butter as just pila she called it Pila. <laughs> ah, and so I started calling peanut butter and jelly Pila jelly. Mm-hmm. And now it comes out so naturally. Like uh, this morning I packed June's lunch for camp and I was like, do you want a salami sandwich or Pila jelly? Yeah, of course. And like, it's, oh, it's just our language. There should be a name for this. Like, I feel like they're like linguists should have a, a word for when you pick up a word from your kid and becomes part of your, your vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this, this is happening to me again now because uh, my, my niece Angela is two and like says all kinds of funny things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like uh, most, most recently, like she loves to come over and, uh, and visit our cat and she always says, kitty. Kitty, <laughs> and then it goes and like you know pats the cat so gently, um, mm-hmm. and so now of course like even when Angela's not around, I'm like kitty, kitty. <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah, yeah. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, They've got, you can borrow appliances, like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling, you can borrow it, no charge. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post-meeting drink. You can bring your pet Totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you can use. And they have the built-in alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier (laughs) when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm -hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody. Yeah, so like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can I please can I, take us take can us I down? Teach you some things. Take us down a, a yellow brick road spread thickly with peanut butter. Okay, Ooh, it's gonna be messy. <laughs> Go on your uh, leave leave our listeners naked and buttered. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I was delighted to find that peanut butter and jelly sandwich has its own Wikipedia page. Why wouldn't it? Well, it just seems obvious that it should, but I just was pleased. Anyway, um, I'm going to say a few things that we all know. Like, mm-hmm. in North America as a whole, PB&J is very popular and common, especially among children. A 2002 survey showed that the average American will have eaten 1,500 of them before graduating from high school. That seems about right. Yeah, I think I for sure did. Yeah. Um, if you count honey as a jelly, I did. So I found that in trying to understand the history of the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, 
there was like a lot of peanut butter history involved. So I don't, but I don't remember covering this history when we did the peanut butter episode. And also, I found a little bit of jelly history and, and like threw okay. that in. Okay. Well, so here, let's walk through it. So peanut butter came on the scene in the late 1800s. Okay. And this surprised me. It was thought of as like a high class vegetarian health food. That kind of makes sense. Like, I mean, because because I feel like that's that's like the niche that almond butter occupied yes. until recently. Okay, and still and still almond butter sounds kind of high class. Just just because almonds are more expensive than peanuts, I think not because it's better. Right, right. Um, John Harvey Kellogg, the the cereal guy, mm-hmm. um, he was also a health spa entrepreneur. Oh yes, I saw the movie The Road to Wellville. Where he was oh. played by Anthony Hopkins, I believe. I love Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is great in everything. Uh, anyway, John Harvey Kellogg, he patented the manufacture of peanut butter. And I guess because, you know, he was into health spa stuff, like he helped create this image of it as a health food. And of course, as a vegetarian health food. It's interesting to me. I, like, I didn't even realize people were, or at least that like, Vegetarianism was was a thing was in, a thing in the nineteenth century in like white America in the nineteenth century. Right, I didn't really either. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the first mention of a peanut butter sandwich was in eighteen ninety six. Okay. Um, and then it sort of spread. <laughs> yeah. Into the non-vegetarian population, mostly through sandwiches. Oh, that was the that was like the vector. It was the vector, yeah. The first written reference to peanut butter and jelly was a long time ago, 1901. Wow. In the, the Boston Cooking School magazine of culinary science and domestic economics, which I know you still have a subscription to. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Love but, that Boston Cooking School. Way better than the Philadelphia Cooking School. You have to say the full name of it, though. Sorry, the, the Boston Cooking School Magazine of Culinary Science and Domestic Economics. Yeah. Anyway, but the... The, 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 B, the B-C-S-M-C-S-D-E. <laughs> we, we always call it for short, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but the, that mention, I mean, like, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich in that mention was not what we think of today. It was oh. like a very dainty thing that you would serve at fancy parties or like high tea but before it was introduced as like an innovation on the peanut butter and watercress sandwich oh which was previously served so, at fancy parties i forgot to mention that sometimes my mom would make me peanut butter and alfalfa sprout sandwiches <gasps> isn't that like the most 70s it's thing perfect. it's perfect finding this this mention of peanut butter and watercress that had never occurred to me i also saw peanut butter and pimento that doesn't sound like my thing, but peanut butter and watercress sounds pretty good. Will you have me over sometime for, and for peanut for butter a, and for wa- a tea party yeah. and, and like a fancy tea party and yeah. we'll put up our pinkies and make peanut butter and watercress well, finger you're, sandwiches. You're over here drinking fancy tea anyway. I That's mean, true. you are like halfway toward peanut butter and watercress. You're right. Anyway, um, in the early... Especially in the sense that I have peanut butter right here, but not watercress. In the early 1920s, uh, an inventor figured out how to stop peanut butter from separating, basically by Mm -hmm. hydrogenating it. Okay. And this inventor... Was named Skippy? Well, no. His brand that he made was Skippy. But his name wasn't Skippy. No, his brand was Skippy. I want his name to be Skippy. Matthew, stop it. Also, then as the industry expanded, peanut butter, of course, became cheaper. Sure. And then peanut butter and jelly and peanut butter sandwiches, like, became obviously like a really cheap and nutritious food. Um, I, what Molly actually wrote on the agenda is, became a big hit with, quote, youth. Yeah. <laughs> That was what it said on Wikipedia. (laughs) 
also around this time, like with the advent of, of Skippy and other hydrogenated peanut butters, manufacturers started adding sugar to make it like more palatable for yeah. kids. At this point, I learned a little bit about jelly that I inserted into the agenda. You know, jellies and jams date back to the Middle Ages. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But... Concord grape jelly has always been an industrial product because Concord grapes have kind of always been an industrial product. Wait, what do you mean? Um, like they, like they've always been. Well, first of all, like people, people did not like really grow grapes much at home. Okay, okay. Um, unless you were like in wine country, um, and so Concord grapes, like the American grape, have always been like the product of large orchards. Okay. And, and produced like in mass quantities and uh, Concord grape jelly, which is like what Welch's is. Welch's, Welch's uh, originated Concord grape jelly and they marketed it first in 1918 as World War I rations. Mm-hmm. And it was called Grapeolade, like marmalade, only Grapeolade. Wow. That must have been an absolute revelation. I think like, so. If you had been eating mostly marmalade up to that point. <laughs> And so, then you right, were presented. Before that, World War I rations <laughs> consisted of 90% marmalade. <laughs> That's not what the, I said. The, the, uh, no, but what's a thing from World War One? Whatever, like Battle of World War One. The uh, bulge. The no, battle. No. All I could think, All I know oh, is World God, War II things. I'm sorry. Yeah. I anyway, can't I anyway, whatever got that it was, wrong. like it was just like slathered with marmalade. Archduke Ferdinand. Yes, that's right. He was <laughs> he, at at the time he was assassinated. He was like spooning up a big jar of marmalade, it, just like eating Ferdinand it right or out of the Franz jar. Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand. Archduke. But, yeah. Yeah. Can I call him Archduke Ferdinand? Archduke uh, Franz. You have my permission. Okay. Anyway, but no, seriously, can you imagine if you previously had been getting these rations with like little, you know, little packs of marmalade mm-hmm. in it, and all of a sudden you had Concord grape jelly instead? Oh my God. Like, what a great day. That's probably why we won. Probably. Okay. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. guys, Sorry. so, I mean, you can see the momentum building here behind the Pilat jelly. But in 1928, sliced bread was invented. Really? I yes. don't. I think if you had asked me when sliced bread was invented, I don't think that would have been my guess. Would but you have I'm, thought earlier or later? I think maybe I would have said later. Really? Yeah. I, I think that it's always interesting to find this wording, like the invention of sliced bread. Right. I mean, bread has always been sliced, but it's just whether it was like industrially sliced. Right. I mean, whether you could buy it sliced. I, mean, I guess. Like you could probably no, I don't think you could go into a bakery before this and say, "Could you slice the bread by hand for me?" Could you? I don't know. I don't know. We will have to. Uh, I think fire the, I up think the old time travel machine. Yeah, we should definitely fire up the time travel machine. That's what those are called. <laughs> anyway, um, so so you As, could- yeah no, I can't remember. I, on a recent episode, we talked about what we would do if we had a time machine and we and we could only use it for one thing, mm-hmm. and it was something really remember, important. I don't remember what but I did. Like, with I, it. I take back whatever the thing we said last time. Now the thing we would do is we would go back <laughs> to a bakery in 1922 <laughs> and ask if they would slice the bread for us. Okay. Great. You do that. And again, I'll be here waiting. As last time, we would kill Hitler on the way back. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so, so okay, so here you go. You've got hydroxy. No, actually, we could just kill Hitler then. That would be fine. We could make it like a one stop. Yeah, I, I feel like the earlier we kill him, the, better. the yeah. less mm-hmm. suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, 1928, sliced bread is invented. This means that it is really easy to make a sandwich. Like a kid can make a sandwich without really ever having to use a sharp knife, right? 
Oh, but it, I mean, it's, it's a lot cooler if they do. Yeah. Anyway, so, so add to sliced bread a lot of advertising and lobbying by the peanut lobby, mm-hmm. which I like big. to think of as Big Peanut. Yeah. <laughs> which is also, also a character on The Sopranos. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> anyway, and, and so this all adds up to peanut butter starting to appear in like cafeterias everywhere. Okay. But yeah, I mean, let's talk about variations. Like, do we really, are, are we going to allow peanut butter and honey to be in the category of pilaw jelly? I mean, well, first of all, I want to ask, I want to ask this first. If you make a peanut butter sandwich and put jam on it, like no one's going to think that's odd in any way. But if you say peanut butter and jam, that doesn't no. roll off. That's not what I the think, sandwich is called. Well, but, uh, in I think that in British English it is. Oh, okay, that makes sense. And possibly, I guess, in some maybe in some parts of Do Canada, they have peanut butter in, in Britain. Doesn't yes, have like you can, Marmite. You, Matthew, you can get peanut butter everywhere now. Okay. Yeah, but it's not popular in a lot of places. It's increasingly popular. Okay. I mean, you know, it's it, it has been trendy in desserts for a very long okay. time. But I, I mean, I think of peanut butter as a thing that, like, if you're an American abroad, like, people are like, people think of it as a as an American affectation, and you have to go to a weird store to pay seven dollars for it. Yeah, that was definitely the case when I first lived like with a host family in France okay. in, in 1999. But not anymore. That but makes, that was it makes 20 sense. years right. ago. Oh boy. Um, now you don't have to go to the fancy grocery store anymore. Not that I'm aware. Speaking of being old. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I went with a teenager of the show Iris to see Bad Religion play the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fantastic. Bad Religion is one of my all time favorite bands. And if you, if you got a chance to see them on tour, I highly recommend it. And I realized during the show that they were playing a song from their first record and that they have been playing and singing that song for now 39 years. Are you serious? <laughs> Yes. What was the crowd like? Were there a lot of people Iris's age? Um, yeah, there were. I mean, there were not, weren't a ton of young people, but there were. There definitely were many, and there were. And there were some some young kids also, like on on parents' shoulders. Yeah, and and just like a lot of uh, you know, thirty, forty, fifty year old aging punk rockers, just yeah. like happy to be there. It was, yeah, it was very uh, you know upbeat, friendly crowd. Where was the show? It was at uh, Showbox Soto. Nice. So just kind of like a big. Shed. I think that's also, isn't that also where Pete Buttigieg appeared? Or no, maybe regular Showbox. Does the regular Showbox still exist? Uh, I think it does for now. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so so how far are we willing to stretch the definition of peanut butter oh, and right, jelly? Right. Like are, are peanut butter and honey? No. Okay. I mean, it's honey is not a jelly. <laughs> okay. Um, have you ever? I mean, it is a viscous fluid. Have you Are ever? Are all viscous fluids jellies? Have you ever put sliced fruit on a peanut butter and peanut butter sandwich instead of of jelly? Like a peanut butter and banana? No, I've done. Um, actually, once when I was in graduate school, I did peanut butter and sliced peaches. Hmm. And took that in my lunch. How was it? I, it it my, was my, not as good as you wanted to be. My brain is having like a hard time figuring out what that would be like. It it was a perfect, perfect peach, and I think I just thought that it would be delicious. Yeah, and it was fine. But I, I think I hadn't realized the degree to which the moisture 
of jelly, I think, is important. And also the intense... <laughs> I've always felt the moisture of jelly is important. <laughs> One the, of the most important things in the world. And the concentrated flavor of it. That's true. Like, no peach, no matter how good, is as concentrated in flavor as a jelly or a jam. That's a good point. Yeah, because I like... I was thinking I like peanut butter on apples, just like spreading peanut butter on a slice of apple. Great snack. I don't think I would like that in a sandwich, both because I don't think the apple texture would work well. It's not soft enough. Um, and I think the apple would get lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about like uh, almond butter? How do you feel about it? A, B, and J. A, B, and J. That's kind of fun to say. I'm not a huge almond butter fan, honestly. I, I, I mean, as you know, I'm not a big almond fan in general. I went through an almond butter phase again in grad school because I was packing my lunch a lot, and you know, I was I was old enough to be really interested in food, and I think mm-hmm. almond butter had just gotten popular. This also was almost twenty years ago. Sure. I remember packing, I remember going through an almond butter phase and I, I find that I either really like it or I just don't like it at all. Like there's something that is intense about the flavor of it that is intensely toasty in a way that like, I don't know, I think of peanut butter as almost like this neutral substance. I think I'm so used to eating it. Yeah. I don't like interrogate the flavors of it. Mm. Almond butter is so nutty and so rich sometimes. Yeah, but I mean, you should be interrogating your peanut butter. I, I, think. Sh- I probably should. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, like how fish aren't aware of the water they swim in. I'm not aware of the peanut how do butter you know I swim that? in. know that. I don't know at all, actually. But it's, <laughs> I know, I, I know some, people say the that. People say it. Uh, but I feel like I'm very aware of the air that I swim in. You are? I'm only aware of it when it isn't good. Like right now, like in the studio when it's when it's getting like hot and stanky? It's not that bad in the studio right now. No, it's right going to get worse. We've had, I mean, do you remember, there were a couple episodes the, last the summer. The mac and cheese episode. Do we even air that? I think we did. Where I had to put an ice pack in my bra. That's like, right. Because I just needed it constantly against my chest. Yeah. It was so hot. Yeah. Okay. I, I take back the thing about the air. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't care about air. Okay. What about cream cheese and jelly? So I don't like cream cheese except in cheesecake, and so that's not the sandwich for me. But I feel like if I liked cream cheese, that would sound good. I've never had it. Okay. Um, I mean, I haven't either because I don't like cream cheese. June announced to me out of the blue the other day that she had had a cream cheese and jelly sandwich oh, and didn't like nice. it. Okay. So, okay, hold on. Last, last big question. All right. And this, I think we're, I think there's more variation out there than I could have imagined. When you are making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, how do you make it? Do you do, do you spread the jam on one piece of bread and the peanut butter on the other? Do you spread peanut butter on both and then jam goes on top of one of them? Or do you do peanut butter and jelly on the same piece of bread and then put a naked piece of bread on top of them? Okay, so first of all, this is reminding me, did you ever get the assignment as a kid to like write instructions for making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then like your teacher tries to like do it following your instructions and it goes all wrong and then people laugh at you? Because I did. I think that I did something similar. I don't remember if it was about peanut butter and jelly, but I, I this exercise sounds very familiar. So here's how I do it, and I was just told yesterday by wife of the show, Lori, that this is this is wrong. Um, I do peanut butter on one slice, jelly on the other slice, and then put them together. No, this is what I do. My whole I've done this my whole life. Okay, so uh, wife of the show, Lori, says no. You have to uh, put a thin layer of peanut butter 
on one, so a, th- a thicker layer of peanut butter on one slice, a thinner layer of peanut butter on the other slice, and then you spread the jelly over the thinner layer of peanut butter she... so that it protects the bread from sogging out. My bread never gets that soggy. I No, I don't think mine does either. But here, Matthew, on, on Wikipedia, I found these two pictures. One is a picture of somebody having put peanut butter on We're both gonna sides. We're going to post these pictures spilledmilkpodcast.com somebody it's a plate with two pieces of bread they have peanut butter on both sides and they're putting jelly on top of one slice of peanut buttered bread and the caption says sandwich preparation where each slice of bread is protected by a layer of peanut butter oh wow somebody's this this wikipedia article like is overly opinionated i don't think it's written from a neutral perspective look at the next photo that comes right below it it's it's a photo of for one thing this is way too much jelly on this sandwich yeah this is a crime scene this is gross it says close up view of a cut peanut butter and jelly sandwich showing soggy bread. Yeah, but somebody Who's, like... Oh, this peanut butter and jelly sandwich is a travesty. It looks like somebody melted jelly and poured it on top of the sandwich. What is going on? I have never had a problem Someone, with someone's my... Someone's like fucking with us. But this makes me wonder, how much jelly is Lori putting on these sandwiches? That's what we all want to know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because... I have very strong feelings about the amount of peanut butter and the amount of jelly, and they are relative. You can't, you can't, like, not... That's a good point. They must be relative. Like, if you... If you you, use more peanut butter, you have to proportionally increase the amount of jelly. Yes. Yes. And if you don't have enough jelly, or if you have too much jelly and not enough peanut butter, that's weird. Like, it's got to be just right, and it's very difficult to describe. I don't like letting anybody else make my peanut butter sandwiches. I make them myself. Well, and also, like, having someone else make it reminds me of, like, you know, being, having it served to me at a friend's house or something. Um, June wanted wanted to make her own peanut butter and jelly sandwich I'm the sure other this morning. Went well. well, it was fine. She okay. she really she loves cooking. Good. Thing I'm sure you you're familiar with having raised a person who also enjoys food. Uh my yes, but does not enjoy cooking. Oh, okay. June enjoys cooking a lot and anyway, June asked to make her own lunch. And anyway, I got out the peanut butter and jelly for her cuz they were up too high. And then, and then she said, uh, "Mommy, where's the uh Iberico ham?" No. Anyway, but it was it was so difficult for me watching her spread the peanut butter on the bread. I sure. was like, June, you need more peanut butter than that. She had put the peanut butter on as though it were butter and she was dieting. Right. Like there was so little peanut butter. I was like, you're not, I, I'm afraid you might not like that. That's not how I usually make your sandwiches. This was a thing like in the 90s maybe, like like a, uh, you know, a health tip, like, you know, when you put your peanut butter on, like scrape it off so you just have a thin layer of peanut butter. I remember like <sighs> hearing this like seriously suggested, like, distressing fuck that well so so finally i mean I, unless I, that's the amount of peanut butter you like but like, it's not going to improve your life like i mean matthew i have to say that usually i just let her mm-hmm. do what she's going to do the, the and, and learn from the consequences high. but the stakes felt too high <laughs> this was a long long day of camp nine to four uh-huh. and, and, and i was which like also best why she was doing this in the middle of traffic she was doing this in the middle of traffic i was we were trying to get to camp on time mm-hmm. now i was like also, this peanut butter, like, I, I, I need this to fill her up. Yeah, I good need point. To, I'm going to put this peanut. So anyway, I was like, June, do you mind if I help? 
And so I, I put the peanut butter on. But then oh. I let her do the jelly herself. No, you gotta, you gotta let kids it. make their own mistakes. I know, I know. I usually I do, but in this case, it was too painful. So, um, the thing that you just heard rustling was I opened an uncrustable. I've never had these. Before. I've never had one of these before either. I remember when they hit the market and they were mildly controversial for no reason. Well, because um, they're they look kind of gross. Can we describe it? So it's a it's a product made by Smuckers, and it is a round pleated sandwich with no crusts, and it's sold in the freezer section, and you just let it thaw. That's the preparation. Okay. And the, hmm. yeah, it's pleated like a like a pie at the edge. And I noticed it ha- does have peanut butter on both sides encasing the jelly. Not bad at all. Can I see? Mm-hmm. Can I eat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have to open another oh one. Oh, my God. It's so cute, Matthew. Mm-hmm. It's re- Hold on. Can we take a picture of this? It's yeah, really- and it's available um, in uh, grape jelly, strawberry, or... Nutella, I think. What is not to like? Yeah, it's fine. It's it's a PB and J. Yeah, like I, I think I think when these came out, like there was like people thought it was going to be just like a faddish product that like couldn't be good, and like you know remember remember when they marketed like a frozen crustless peanut butter and jelly sandwich? No, I can see why this has survived. Under what circumstances would you buy this? Well, I mean, I think it just like you know it it makes uh, putting together a kid's lunch. It shaves off that much uh, like. You know, many seconds from putting together a kid's lunch. I love this. Yeah. But then again, it just is like a good peanut butter yeah, sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Oh, man, it's great. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, Smuckers, get in touch with us. It's a marvel of engineering. It's also just really well balanced. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the right amount of peanut butter and jelly. Oh, you want you want us to land the Smuckers account? I do. Okay. I feel like we're in Mad Men. <laughs> That's right. Well, then we need to come up with a slogan. Smuckers... Well, because the, their actual slogan is or was with a name like Smuckers, it's got to be good. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Like, smuck, smuck this? <laughs> Every possible Smuckers joke has already been done, I think. Mm-hmm. Pucker up for Smuckers? Oh, that's very good. Pucker up for Smuckers. I don't think that's very good, actually. I, no, but... I think it's very—I think we just landed the Smuckers account. We My did. phone's ringing right now. <laughs> Anything else uh, you would like to tell us about peanut butter and jelly? No, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy right now. Yeah, me too. And uh, thanks for thanks for sticking with us for uh, 400 episodes. Gosh, I, seriously, I mean, you, guys. Molly. I mean, there are moments where I'm like, this show is so dumb. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean like, we're not going to dwell on this because we're, we're our 10th anniversary is just around the corner. And we'll, we should save the sap for that. Oh, okay. Well, so I'll just leave it there. That there mm-hmm. are moments when I think this show is so dumb. <laughs> okay, yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Okay. Because who would argue? Okay. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg. Oh, wait. You can find us online at <laughs> facebook.com slash podcast where you can tell us about your uh, peanut butter and jelly uh, memories and dogma. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, spilledmilkpodcast.com. You can also leave comments there. Uh, I- Instagram at spilledmilkpodcast. Our producer is Abby Circatella. Please rate and review the show wherever you get it. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Been naked and buttered for 400 years. Now 400 episodes. <laughs> I'm Molly Weisenberg and I'm Matthew Epsterburton because who wants to be washing dishes no and also you're a family of horses (laughs) everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.